We're four teaching friends from across the country. We've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Doing this 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 podcast without Deanne because I'm supposed to say you know what's really hard and then Deanne's supposed to say relationships. Yes, we're missing Deanne tonight. Yeah. I think the most important relationships that you will develop all year are the ones that you'll develop with your kids. If you don't have those relationships started, you can forget about teaching anything that they will be receptive to. Yep. So true. It's extremely true. And I think too, relationships also, you know, those kids who walk in and you can tell right away what kind of year you might, you might be headed for just within like the first two hours of the school day. Oh Some- my gosh, Tracy, remember that guy that we saw at the Grand Ole Opry? <laughs> we won't say his name, okay? We might call attention. But we saw his eyes and his hair, and we both said, I think he was in my class. <laughs> yes! Stellar performer, so energetic, but he had that crazed look, and his hair was bouncing all over on the top of his head. You couldn't, oh yeah. Totally thought we knew him. Absolutely. And this <laughs> is the kid that needs that relationship the most. Every, every kid comes in carrying stuff and it isn't all in the backpack. Exactly. Yep, that's good. And, and sometimes, sometimes what you provide at school is it might be the only positive thing they have over the course of their day. That's mm-hmm. right. It might be the only kind word, the only affirmation. Right. And students who feel safe in your classroom and who feel like you support them, they're going to support you and they're more likely to be risk takers with their new learning. And they're more likely to say to, say to themselves, hey, learning's fun. And that's how you build a lifelong learner. Yeah, I have a new little girl this year who's new to our school. And the first day she just looked so unhappy. Like she was kind of grumpy and she didn't smile at anyone and she didn't want to make any friends. And the more that she and I started talking, and then I just asked her if she could help me with something. And now, of course, you know, she's become my regular helper. And she said her favorite part of the school day is helping me at recess. So I've, I've had to make a deal with her, though. I said, you can help, you know, two days a week, but the other three days you have to go out and play. And she, she's willing to do that now. I love it. She's so happy. She's smiling. Her mom came in and said she's so happy here. That's, oh, that's beautiful. You know, <laughs> not just student relationships that we need to cultivate, though. It's also important to cultivate strong parent relationships. Sometimes I think that um, establishing strong relationships with parents can also make or break a school year for a teacher. Oh, absolutely. Because they'll talk about you at home if they don't like you. You can win over the kid, right? And then you've yeah. got this dinner time or car time conversation going on about how awful you are. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I've never been there, (laughs) but but it's happening, but you can only imagine, right? Well, and I think that we've all seen that now in the age of social media, you know, they'll also talk about you on social media if you're not. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. So, so we have, we have a a difference of opinions about, you know, whether you should hang out where they hang out or or not. But one thing you can do is you can attend PTA functions that you don't have to show up at. Well, and I think, you know, when you get parents to partner with you, they, they are there to help with behavioral support. They're more, absolutely more apt to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, They're there when you need them the most. Um, I even had talk about parent support. Um, last year I had an accident at school and I fell off a chair and I, um, injured myself badly and they were going to call 911 for me. And my parent volunteer said, Tracy, I'll take you to the ER. And I was crying, but I was weeping tears of joy too, because I was not looking forward to the embarrassment of an ambulance pulling up. Oh yeah. Been there, done that. (laughs) No, and this parent, oh. Uh-huh. I will forever be indebted to her. But even that, I mean, um, you know, parents want their kids to succeed. Yes, they do. And if they know you like right. their kid, they'll be willing to do anything to support you. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a great book that's not written for teachers, but I think all of us as teachers should take a look at it. It's a book from the 90s by an author named Ken Burns, and it's called Raving Fans. And he's got his, the three main points he makes are that you need to decide, discover, and deliver. Mm -hmm. And I think that this works for students and for parents. Decide what it is that you want to do. What do you want to get out of the relationship? Mm -hmm. But then you have to discover what the child or the parent wants to get out of the relationship too. It might be different from your vision Mm -hmm. of what you want, right? Right. right? And then, and then deliver your whole plan changes, your communication plan, your lesson plan, whatever it is, changes because you've got to deliver something that is going to meet their needs as well as yours. Mm-hmm. Well, our school oh, does the, um, you know, the Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits, and mm-hmm. that's totally that habit of seek first to understand. Yeah, absolutely. Because we know what our parents are wanting and expecting it maybe it, it changes things completely. Do you guys send home surveys at the beginning of the year for parents to fill out about their kids? Oh, I do like a letter or a survey, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do a survey and, you know, just things like what are your goals for your child and what do you like to do together as a family? It just gives a lot of background. And then when I speak to parents, I say, well, you know, these are my goals and I have the same goals as you. Don't worry. We're going to do writer's workshop and write every day. And the parents are amazed that, I remember what their um, personal goal is for their kids. Right. And to see there are places where your goals merge. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I've become aware of this, um, especially when you have a child in your classroom who, who isn't growing the way they should be or Mm -hmm. whose development is delayed for some reason. And, you know, parents come to us with so much on their shoulders about this. There's the worry that they have for their child. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the not understanding necessarily what's wrong and they're they're seeking to understand. But then on top of that, 
a lot of times parents come to us with um, their own baggage about school. I mean, yes. teachers. Oh my gosh! Yes, absolutely. Have baggage about school ourselves. I mean, to truth be told, we should do a we should do a segment on that. Why did you become a teacher? Because because you know <laughs> we because some of us wanted to make it better. Yeah, exactly. And that is exactly yes. why I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's like an important um, relationship building piece with parents is that whole seek first to understand a lot of times when parents are reacting to you as a teacher, they're reacting from their history. And sometimes that history is a place where they were scared, a place where they um, felt stupid, a place where they felt that unsuccessful. And so having that understanding and, and listening, I call it kind of listening between the lines. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it does affect the way they view their child's experience. And the way, and it will affect the way you, the two of you work together to help that child's experience be better than theirs. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about that. Let's go back to our, our relationships with kids. What are the ways, we know it's important, but what are the ways that, that some of us build positive relationships with our students? Well, even though I know we're so impacted with the standards that we have to teach, I truly spend time every single day doing some sort of community building or team building and getting to know our students because I think setting that up is so valuable for everything else we do during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Let them talk to each other. Give them opportunities to get to know each other and to say, say nice things to each other and to let each other know if they notice something good that the other person did. Mm-hmm. If you get all caught up in your prepping for the test and, you know, and getting from this standard to that standard and you miss that, you've missed a lot. You have. Yeah. And one thing I love to do every morning is I stand in the doorway and I just greet every student by name. Yes. And we make do eye you contact. Do that little dance and the hand thing and the. Do you I do don't. that? No, <laughs> I have too many kids to do that. Although I'm, I'm impressed with I see, with those videos I see. But um, I, I know. just greet I them, just got know. a picture of you doing it. You need to do. That. <laughs> you know, but I just literally good morning, Retta, and oftentimes at the beginning of the year they just try to brush right past me and get into the room, and so I literally right. will stop them. And I'll say, you know, I'll say again, good morning, you know, good morning, so-and-so. And they'll look up and they have to practice greeting. And now we're in the third week of school and everyone is stopping. Like they, they can't wait to get in line to say good morning to me first. Oh, my gosh. And August 26th and you're in the third week of school. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, gosh. there's that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. One of the things that I do, because, you know, I'm the singing teacher, I, I do the name game with them. And we do this almost like. The whole first month of school, it helps me. You sing to each other? No, I sing to them. And then they will try to their friends. So the first day of school, it starts. I'm learning their names. So I come to Retta's desk and I look at her name tag and I go, okay. And and the goal is to see how fast I can do it. Retta, 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 banana, and a fofetta, fee, my mometa, Retta. And we do this for every student. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, I love it. <laughs> I would have cleared the room in two seconds if I started singing. But here's, yeah. <laughs> nobody cares what you sound like as a teacher. The kids, 
love it. You know what? By the time I get, because they all know each other, they've been together forever in one way, shape, or form in a classroom. They, right. they will start to sing the names all together. And it turns into a class sing a lot, sing around. And then, you know, we continue this throughout the first month of school. And I, I learned their names by singing. And so when I call on a student, I'll, I'll say, Kathy, Kathy, Bobathy. I love it. I love it. And it's a lot of fun. I also do like private lunches with the teacher the first month of school. They each receive an invitation just for them, telling them to save the date. And they... Oh, they must oh, love they that. They bring their either they bring their hot lunch or their sack lunch. I usually have a like a, some cookies or something, and then I bring a spe- spe- special placemats, and that we sit just the two of us with the, the door. You know, everyone else is at lunch or recess, and we have lunch together, and it's just the two of us, and we just sit and talk. And wow, one on one. It's not fancy, but. And with the size of your classes, that is amazing and but you wonderful. Know they glow. They glow. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Even oh, the yeah. kids. I, I used to do it like three or four kids at a time. I, I don't remember doing it one-on-one. I didn't Same. think there was time. Yeah, and it's time-consuming, but I will tell you, it's, you know, that, that saying, you got to go slow to go fast? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that really is what this is about. Because even the kid who might have thrown a chair across the room the year before <laughs> blows. Right. Sounds like you're speaking you from know, experience. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, and you learn so much about them. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Another another idea like that that I used to do was to have a knitting session mm-hmm. at, at recess time. And I would teach them to knit and I would bring in needles and yarn or they could bring their own. And we would just basically knit scarves or, you know, something yeah. simple or, or quilt, uh, blanket squares um, and what amazed me was who the kids were who decided to take yes. this on. There were more boys than girls. Yes. And there were more kids who had some emotional issues than mm-hmm. those who didn't. And and we just, oh my gosh, what a wonderful, wonderful time we had. We, it, we, it was relaxing and calming mm-hmm. and fun. And we could laugh and smile together a little bit and, you know, and then get on with our afternoon. And afternoons were much better for everybody after knitting. Try knitting. It's wow. really fun. Mm-hmm. It really works. Can you come to my school and teach me? I would love to. I would do. I, I bet my kids would love it. I did something. Mine wasn't knitting. I did. Um, I taught them Cat's Cradle, you know, and all of the string and then. Oh yeah, we did that for quite a few. Uh, we probably did it for a couple of months, and when I got to review all of my childhood skills with that, and I review is an is the optimal word. I had to really Pinterest was my friend that the, that I could remember <laughs> half of them, but it was fun to revisit. So, yeah, cat's cradle, yes. jacks, anything like that. Um, you know, simple childhood games that a lot of these modern kids in the age of technology have, have not done. Yes. Yes. Checkers have, have checkers, some checkers card games. Sets. Yeah. Yes. And that's a fun thing. Invite a small, invite a small group of students in to stay recess with you to play a game with you. Just to play a game. Yep. That's yeah. fun. 
that special oh, time with the teacher. They totally. would love it. Well, so we have fantastic ideas for how to build relationships with students. But what about the relationships with parents? How do you build those? I think building relationships with parents kind of starts with you. If you approach them as someone who's going to be an adversary, someone you have to prove something to, the relationship's off to a bad start. What if it's a new friend that you're meeting? It's your new, it's your new partner, really, because they are. Each of mm-hmm. them is your new partner. Um, and, and so you need to adjust your attitude first before think- the first meeting. And I think it kind of relates. I think that's really important. And I also think, you know, we all have our, um, our places and our areas of frustration with kids and, and, and sometimes with parents. And I think it's really important too. part of that mindset that you're talking about, Retta, when you do have frustrations with parents, that you keep your mouth closed, meaning that doesn't become (laughs) Unless you can well, find your tact. I'm not all of us I don't are good mean at that. <laughs> your mouth closed with the parent. I mean the mouth closed with your colleagues. Oh, uh, absolutely. Talk, right, to not talk when, about oh my that. God. When you give energy oh to God. that, whether it's bashing a parent or, and I hate the word bashing when, when you're talking about students, but sometimes that's what it is. Or, you know, venting, I guess, about a student for the sake of venting, not for the sake of problem solving. I feel like you give that kind of energy to that and you've just hurt that relationship. Right. Yep. Something I learned 150 years ago when I was an intern teacher from a supervisor, if you have any of that stuff to share, you just save that till you go home and you go in the bathroom and close Mm -hmm. the door and share it right there. And I'm not talking about like, okay, I've just had this interaction with a parent and I don't know what to do. So I'm going to go to last year's teacher and talk to them behind a closed door and ask, okay, this is what happened. Did you experience this? That's something totally different. That's seeking to understand and problem solve and find out, okay, I misread this situation or maybe I didn't help me understand what to do next. That's a different. Right, that's searching for a little background that's information. Very different that might help thing than sitting in a staff lounge, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, right, absolutely. Well, I and I think too, always, always keeping in mind that they're they have their own lives outside mm-hmm. of school too, and they're probably yeah. going through things. Absolutely, I think that it's important to to make phone calls and touch base with parents before there's a problem. So. You know, to call to celebrate, to email to celebrate something. Um, mm-hmm. And I like sending postcards home, like with specific things. Your child did this great thing today, or I noticed your child said this. Mm-hmm. You know, just noticing the little things. Absolutely. Sticky notes, compliment oh, cards, a anything. newsletter, anything yeah. that's going to make what you're doing transparent for parents is going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. I also think, too, um, then it's important that you don't use education speak. Right. Oh, yeah. Use layman's. Nothing, 
nothing <laughs> isolates someone That's more true. than making them feel like you don't know what the heck you, they don't know what the heck you're talking about. Like that conversation yes. we had about mentor text, right? <laughs> and then I looked up what the heck that actually meant. Yeah. I've been doing it for a hundred years. Mentor text. Well, you say well, that no. to a parent. But, th- but this was you and me talking. You know? This was teachers, but you wouldn't say that to a parent and you would have no reason to say that to a parent. I've heard people I say who, it. But I certainly wouldn't. And I, yeah. I think it wasn't that's something, you. though, when you. we talk like that, it's it's almost like a um, it's a ploy. And, you know, we talked before about how parents sometimes bring baggage to the table. Nothing is going to isolate a parent more emotionally and intellectually than using language like that. Yeah. That's true. Right. They'll feel they don't understand and they're supposed to. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes them feel less than. And they might be an absolute genius about their particular profession, career, or job. But they how are they supposed to know all of your your lingo? You don't know all of theirs. And I think too, um, what do you guys think about social media? Hmm. To be well, we have careful. different opinions on that because <laughs> everyone's my friend. But you know, I even had a principal once who used to take me into her office and she used to say to me, uh-huh. not your friend. And I'd say, yeah, but really, and she'd say, not your friend. And, and I'd go home kind of frustrated with her sometimes. But I think yeah, I think now I know what she meant. You know, you you can't maintain the relationship that you need to maintain if the if the parents become well, too also, close. Of there's a, a danger. There's a real danger to teachers who are still in service when they go on social media. Um, when and all it takes is one time for you to post something about farts and poop because it's really funny or or sexual humor, which is you know hysterical, you know, Mel Brooks kind of stuff. And then have that, that, that remembrance of, oh, crap. Yeah, I accepted those parent friend requests last night. And then I just posted this. And, you know, what you put out there can get you in front of the school board. So you've got to be careful if you're going to do that. Right. And keep, keep the boundaries clear. I let parents know that I care about their child. I'm interested in their family, but right. I'm also the teacher. And then, and uh, yeah, yeah, the parents, the parents at my school know not to friend me on social media. When you friend a parent or accept a friend uh, request from a parent, the other thing you've got to think about is: Do I want to sit there when they're bashing a, a staff member on social media? And it will happen what am I going to do? Do I want the responsibility of having to deal with that or not deal with it? Um, that's a really bad place to put yourself in. Um, that's my opinion. Good advice mm-hmm. for teachers still, and still in, in the and classroom. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone's and now friend. I'm retired. Everyone's my friend. friends. <laughs> Unicorn, that's me. Well, Unicorn let's go back then. Friends. Let's transition to <laughs> that one last tip that you could give to someone. What's the most important tip about developing relationships?
the most important one is, is this expression that I heard a few months ago for the first time. I must have been under a rock. You do you, yeah. boo. Um, just, just be yeah. right. Just you do you. Just be yourself, and you can be yourself when you're teaching something. If you're teaching about a, a new book and you right. truly love that book, show them. If you love this math strategy, it works great for you, and it's sort of fun. Let them know you're having fun. You do you boo in front of everybody, and I think you'll have much better year. Oh, I agree. That's so great. I think my number one tip is just to let your students and their families know that you care about that child. As long as they know you care about them, about their well-being, their emotional well-being, their academic well-being, their social well-being, they they won't question you because they'll know you're doing what's best for their kid. Mm-hmm. Makes it easier to drop them off in the morning. Yeah. They can, they can go out and have their day with a I think clear heart my, and a clear mind. My big go-to tip is this. Don't, and I'll say it again, don't wait until there's something wrong. Reach out to them. Everyone loves positivity. And there is something positive. If you can't find something positive to communicate to a parent about a student, then you need to look harder. And you need to make sure you communicate it. Well, that's all that we have time for today. Make sure that you join us next week. We'll be discussing what happens when the honeymoon is over and the bloom is off the rose and your classroom isn't pretty anymore. Be sure to follow us on iTunes and Google Play. Check out our blog posts uh, at the end of the show notes. And until next time, keep it real. Keep it real.